0: everybody, and welcome to That's Life. It is Fleet Week here in New York City, and even though we went to check out the fleet and they weren't actually there, no, I'm sure they were there, but uh, saluting everyone who has gotten off those ships and has joined us in New York City this weekend. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison, right before Nachum's live lunch, and it is my partner in the segment that has no name, there's the pride of Houston himself, Yoni Pollock. Good morning, Yoni.
1: Good morning. Is it Fleet Week if there's no fleet?
0: I, it, it, it it's supposed to be Fleet Week. I know that we had announced yesterday on Bite Size during the segment that has no name that it was Fleet Week and we were going to check out the fleet. So we went to um we went along the West Side Highway. Mm-hmm. And maybe you and I we just didn't go north enough.
1: We went pretty north.
0: We went pretty north for a while.
1: Yeah, at some point, they would have reached us, no?
0: I don't know. And they're not invisible. I'm not exactly sure what's going on, but you and I did see uh, members um, of the U.S. Navy in their dress whites hanging out in 34th Street. So we do know that they're in town. That's true. And if I know anything about the military, it's that they you know probably don't change schedules at the last minute so right right. so if this was scheduled then it happened and it's happening but somehow or another
1: it's probably on us you're trying to say
0: yeah i'm somehow or another you and i just i got you yeah i don't know what we did wrong there had to have been enormous ships that we missed i don't know how that's possible even for you and me but let's be honest anything is possible here at the Nahum siegel network speaking of the Nahum siegel network Folks, as you've been hearing all week long, it is the FJB JM and the AM Marathon. 2018 Marathon is underway. Please give generously. As my father would say, give early and give often. FJBunity.org is the website for you to donate online. It is a secure website. We thank you in advance for all and any of your donations. You help keep us going here at the Nachum Siegel Network. If you like what you're listening to, and you like what you hear all day, and you like some parts more than others, well, then donate in honor of that host. Donate in honor of our programming. But please, give generously. We truly, truly appreciate it. We depend on your donations, and you know that the annual marathon um, is a staple here at JM and the AM. It's a staple here at the Nahum Siegel Network. It's been going on. For much longer than I've been around, that's for sure. And we certainly appreciate all the support that we've received in the past and that we look forward to receiving today and in the future. Again, you can go to fjbunity.org and give online. If you have any questions about donating, or by the way, if you've received your mailing, you should have received it by now. So if you received your annual marathon mailing and you don't want to give online, just fill out the envelope and send it back. Trust me. We appreciate it any way you decide to give. And if you have any further questions, you can always email Yoni. And by the way, these are questions about marathon, life, life in Houston, water.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could be a therapist. I could be whatever you want.
0: Right. Anything. If you have questions, just email Yoni. Yoni at NahumSiegel.com. Y-O-N-I. That's Yoni at NahumSiegel.com. And of course, if you have specific questions on the marathon, you can ask them to him as well. Right, because that's what you're here for.
1: Exactly. I may send those emails to someone else, but send them right, to Right, but he's the go-to <laughs> guy.
0: Yeah, we send everything to Yoni, and for good reason. Um, let's go through the national holidays. Our guest is on the line, so I don't want to keep him waiting too long. It is... To, I didn't know this existed. It's Aviation Maintenance Technician Day. Good for them. Right. And we should applaud them. They probably ev- save a lot of lives. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And they're probably the first to get blamed when something goes yeah, wrong. Yeah, that's also true. Right. And we nobody wants anything to go wrong. So thank you, Aviation Maintenance Technician people. Yeah. we, we our, our lives actually depend on you.
1: hmm Yes. They probably get one th- thing wrong and they're fired. Right. And you got like meteorologists out there, that get things wrong seven times a week. Right.
0: I'm with you on that. Aviation maintenance technician people, we salute you. We salute you. And we hope you have another good day. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, it's, also, it's also National Brothers Day, which I did not know existed. I have two brothers. I have to be honest. I haven't been celebrating the day. Same. I feel badly. I don't. I'm over it. Yeah. You have a twin brother and you don't celebrate. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, it's because it's it's not twin brother. It's just regular. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true.
0: Okay, fine. So it's I have two brothers day. Yeah. And I've done nothing. So um, shout out to my brothers. They're good people. It's also eat more fruits and vegetable day, Mm. which for some reason or another is always the Thursday of Memorial Day week. I guess to offset all the uh, A and H hot dogs you're going to be eating over the weekend. Right. That's it. So eat. You know, basically this is the fast. After Rosh Hashanah, but instead it comes before Memorial Day. Exactly. It's Some Gadalia except in May. Right. Yes.
1: I'm with you. We could always use more of those.
0: Uh, it's also International Tiara Day, which Meghan Markle celebrated at the beginning of the week. The best. Yes, my gosh. I mean, we should talk about... We'll, we'll talk about the... Uh,
1: I'm shocked we didn't talk about that wedding yesterday.
0: I know, and yeah. I don't know that why you didn't fault. bring it up.
1: I was just... I, Right. I'm I'm actually angry
0: with you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not really angry with you. But yeah, we could have talked about it forever. Uh, Rummy would have gotten mad at us because we would have gone overboard (laughs) again. Um, And I, I will mention this because I have mentioned this in the past. It is EMSC, Emergency Medical Services Day. Uh, it is Emergency Medical Technician's Appreciation Week. And so if you have somebody in your family who's on Hutsala, or you see a member of EMS here walking around in New York City, or a firefighter, or anyone, or police officer, you name it, mm-hmm. say thanks. Big ups. This is me thanking my husband. I thanked him. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, he's a good man. It's also, as we've mentioned before, of course, it is... Uh, Memorial Day weekend, yeah. and not only in New York, but obviously in the United States. It is when we commemorate and we salute all the members of the U.S. Armed Forces who not only serve, but have served keeping this nation great. And I am thrilled to introduce Chaplain Ira Cronenberg, who joins us this morning. He is retired from the service, but has spent, uh, it looks like, more than three decades, if my math is correct, more than three decades in the armed services. Am I right, Mr. Chaplain?
2: Yes, I are. I was on active duty for three years, then I was in the reserves for 28 years, and I was ready to retire when the towers got hit, and they sort of extended me another five and a half years and put me back on active duty.
0: Wow. Well, so I, I have
2: a total of 36 years.
0: That is incredible. Twice high for you, and um, it, is, it is with great appreciation and reverence that I welcome you to That's Life this morning, and I thank you for making time to speak to us. Um, I, I know that you had taught me earlier that even though your outgoing rank was colonel, you are still referred to as chaplain. I, I just, out of total curiosity, why is that? Is that always because the that title just comes first?
2: The, in the military, uh, we in the army especially, we always refer people as chaplains. using rank, uh, which is nice, and we get paid at the rank and everything else. But it just—it would be a hindrance, in, you know, in, when we deal with young men and women that want to come for counseling, uh. need to, to talk to, uh, they have so much respect for rank that uh, and, uh, a sergeant or even an uh, even lower rank, E two, E three, they had to keep saying colonel and well, major or even captain. You know, it—it it, doesn't affect the relationship, and so therefore, we everyone is considered a chaplain, whether you're a rabbi, priest, minister, iman. We're all considered chaplains. When we write our rank, we write chaplain. We put the rank, in my case, colonel in parentheses. Of course, now I have to write chaplain colonel retired <laughs> right afterwards. Uh, but we always use uh, the term
0: chaplain. That's fascinating. And just explain to me, I mean, your your service began – with a with a hakarat hatov, with its your own sign of thanks to Yeshiva University, and I, I think it's such a fascinating story. I, I wish you would share it with our listeners.
2: Okay, uh, I, a sister, and brother, and I all went through the Yeshiva system, uh, at, mainly on financial scholarships. My father came over right after the war and really never made a lot of money, and so we went through the whole Yeshiva system. I went from first grade straight through. Uh, when I finished uh, yeshiva college, at that point, it meant I had 16 years of yeshiva. Uh, then the smicha program in YU was three years. I said, well, you know, I've gone this far. Let me finish. Uh, I wasn't really uh, at that point planning on being a rabbi necessarily, but I figured I would finish up. On uh, one of the SR courses, I went over to Rabbi Israel Miller, who was the vice president then, and said I would like to do something, as I HaTol, for the Jewish community, and at that point, there was a serious shortage of chaplains. Vietnam was still going on. The Goro had stopped, and they weren't sort of why well, you wasn't drafting chaplains. The military never could draft chaplains. And so I volunteered, and it was only supposed to be for uh, two years. I stayed a third, and when I was getting out, they asked me if I want to be in the reserves, and I asked them, what's that? And they said, well, you just go to drills, you know, once a month and so. So I stayed, and I stayed. <laughs> and eventually, I got called back in.
0: And and when you refer to the goral, you refer to the lottery that Yeshiva University used to have for Smicha students.
2: Yes. In other words, the army cannot draft a chaplain, uh, ministers. I had a what's called a Ford B deferment, which is a divinity student. We could not be drafted. So, but why you did, uh, along with uh, JTS then and uh, the reform movement and Chicago, the military would say, "Okay, we need." Two or three, I uh, say Orthodox chaplains this year, uh, and Yeshiva would go. Okay, who wants to volunteer? And if you had enough volunteers, fine. you didn't have enough volunteers, they held a goro. And if you were the lucky winner, you went. You didn't get your smicha.
0: <laughs> right. So when you uh, when you volunteered, were you married at the time?
2: No, I wasn't. Actually, uh, uh, what happened was uh, that's kind of interesting. Also, uh, my last smicha was uh, June 30th. Uh, I was supposed to go into the Army. Uh, July 4th was on a Tuesday. I was supposed to go into the Army the following Monday to chaplain school. Then was at Fort Hamilton. I went up to the Pioneer for the July 4th weekend. I ended up meeting my what would then be my wife up there. She lived in Borough Park. We dated throughout the summer, and we got engaged uh, on August 20th, and I left for Fort Riley, Kansas, the day after Labor Day. As a matter of fact, I came to Fort Raleigh my first day, full army, was the day of the Munich Massacre. Mm. Uh, And I went back six months later and got married. So for six months, I was single out in the middle of the Bible Belt. And then uh, the last uh, two and a half years, uh, I was married already.
0: So your wa- Your future wife from Borough Park comes back from what would have otherwise been an innocent weekend at a hotel up in the Catskills to tell her parents that her good Jewish boy that she's bringing home is going into the Army. Oh, yeah. She went
2: from the Lower East Side in Borough Park to smack in the middle of the Bible Belt.
0: Unbelievable. <laughs> and, and And, I mean, just, I wonder, I mean... It's 2018. I'm not sure my reaction, to be completely honest. If I had a child who came home and said, "This is my intended," and by the way, he's enlisted, I'm not sure <laughs> what my reaction would be. What did your in-laws say?
2: Well, again, it was my father-in-law. My wife unfortunately lost a mother at a young age. Today happens to be her mother's York side, As a matter of fact, incidentally, I don't think they really had much of a. I don't think he had much of a problem with it. At least they never told me it was. Uh, <laughs> It was interesting. And uh, one thing I will say, and my wife and I both agree upon it, uh, when we went out to Kansas right after getting married, right after Sheva we went. Uh, those were the days with no cell phones. Uh, calls back to New York were like 80 cents a minute. And uh, to start off marriage that way, the one big advantage we found is we had to work out all our issues. You don't run home to right. mother, you don't run home to friends, uh, you don't have everyone putting in an ear and everything. And, you know, I think. And really, we have a strong marriage 45 years later. And one of the things we attribute it to is that in the beginning, we had to work out everything ourselves.
0: That's incredible. That is, yeah, there's something... It, it, you're you're touching on such an important point that I don't want to get lost in it because you and I could discuss marriage and 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 you know the the evolution of marriage from what it was in the 60s and the 70s to what it looks like today but you're you're touching on such an important point that that lack of technology was actually what made you stronger as a couple it's just you know you would think that that lack of connectivity would, be, would cause, you know, difficulty. Somebody would be homesick. Somebody, what am I doing in Kansas when I can be in Borough Park where there are pizza stores? You know, there's just, you know, but but instead it was a bonding moment for the both of you.
2: Yes, and you learn things of that uh, everything in life is relative. Uh, when I came, uh, when I got out of the Army and I came to Passaic, New Jersey, uh, that time Passaic, it wasn't what it is today. And uh, there, was no, uh, there was no mix in Passaic. And so we had to go up to Washington Heights, which is around 15 miles away. Wow. And all the new people moving in were fetching and fetching. You have to schlep 15 miles. And we looked at each other and said, well, we went 260 miles round trip every <laughs> time we had to use the mix. Oh, you got to go word. to the city. So you got." And we learned things are relative.
0: Right. Well, uh, nothing is more landlocked than Kansas. That's for sure. Right. That's-
2: and we were away from everything. You know, this was the days before you had, you know, uh, candy bars that were kosher, uh, entermins or anything else. And we had to rely on going uh, 130 miles to Kansas City every couple of months to pick things up, pick up supplies. It was a different ballgame. Right. It was totally different. Uh, as I tell people, uh, when my wife got pregnant, we were out there and she got the mood. She had to have a delicatessen sandwich. <laughs> I went 260 miles to get her that sandwich. And three years later, I'm living in Passaic and she's pregnant again and she wants Schmoker Bernstein's. And Schmoker Bernstein's is only around 20 miles from Passaic. It took me longer on a Sunday to get the Schmoker Bernstein's and uh- back and do, do, do the, uh, the, the, the 260 miles round trip to Kansas
0: City. <laughs> That's amazing. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network, and Chaplain Ira Cronenberg joins us this morning as we celebrate Memorial Day weekend here in the United States, and we salute our armed forces. So you had an Army brat. I didn't realize that you had a child while you were in the service.
2: We had one son who was an Army brat, uh, and as a matter of fact, the funny part was when he was in y u. He and a bunch of friends went up to Canada and when they got to the border people kept asking him, you know where where were you bo- where were you born and when everyone's saying Brooklyn Queens and he says Kansas and they thought he was kidding around <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's that's really funny that's really interesting was um was the decision or the the you know the decision between you and your wife to expand your family part of what took you out of the service it was it was time to leave
2: Part of it was that uh, at that point, and the chaplains now make tremendous sacrifices. Uh, a lot of them homeschool their kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Orthodox chaplains—they homeschool and everything else. At that point, there was a, another Jewish chaplain who was in uh, Fort Benning, uh, and he had a five and a six-year-old that he sent to his, uh, you know, to his par- in-laws to live in Baltimore to go to yeshiva, and it wasn't something I was prepared to do, and that was one of the. It, one of the main factors of that staying, and again, when I went in, the, you know, the, we went in on an understanding, and most of the people did. It was a two or three-year thing. It wasn't until probably the 80s and the 90s that people started staying as a full career. As a matter of fact, some of the people that went in with me did start staying a full career. But before that, it was very rare that a Jewish chaplain, especially an Orthodox chaplain, stayed a full career. By the, by, the seven the people that went in the 70s. A couple of people who went in a couple of years before me from YU didn't make a career out of it. But that's when it really started. Today, uh, the guys do make careers out of it. But again, it's tremendous amount of sacrifices. Uh, it's being set, and especially with deployments, being separated, right. families sometimes for six months to a year, uh, even some of the reserve chaplains now. I mean, I was fortunate when I got called back on active duty. I just I went to Iraq and Afghanistan, but basically for the young them
0: Right, so I was... I was about to ask you about your, about your most recent deployments and, frankly, about your craziest deployments, but you've, you've beat me to the punch. You went to Afghanistan when?
2: I went to Afghanistan uh, for Rosh Hashanah. I thought, well, Pesach two, 2005. I also was in Afghanistan for uh, Sukkot and, uh, and Rosh Hashanah for Sukkot 2005. I was in uh, Afghanistan again for Pesach of 2006. I was in Iraq for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, and Chanukah of 2006.
0: I mean, I don't even know, my imagination doesn't even go that far as to what it looks like to build a sukkah somewhere in complete desert and in hostile territory, and it certainly doesn't make any sense to me to, to, to imagine a menorah being lit somewhere on an army base in some place you probably can't even disclose. You well, know, uh,
2: what I can say so I did like the menorah in, uh, in Saddam's palace.
0: Wow. That's incredible. And-
2: and, you know the interesting thing to me was uh, two things one was that Saddam was was still alive then he he was captured he, he was somewhere on that base i had absolutely no idea it was it was top secret i had no idea where but i was always hoping he could see the menorah
0: yeah well talk about pure hanes i uh, i would imagine <laughs> that, that that you probably lived it more than any of us who are living it now that is no.
2: Yes, th- that, and also, you know, I uh, I was doing Dafyomi then, and I actually did Dafyomi in his palace, but, you know, I, I realized the fact of saying doing learning Dafyomi, you know, miles from where it was actually written, the Gemara. Right, right. You know, it wasn't that far, and the other thing that I also found in Iraq, I went down to the Tigris River, they made me put on body armor, because they were afraid of snipers, but I put on body armor, went down to the Tigris to say, Al-Naro's Bavo show me your shop.
0: Wow. That's, that's,
2: that's an opportunity that's really, you don't get anywhere else.
0: No, I imagine, you know, what do they say? Join the Army, see the world. Join the Navy, see the world. I, uh, you, you certainly have lived that, sir. That is for sure.
2: And again, you know, I think, uh, you know, soldiers and sailors and Marines and airmen that come to services on an Army post, appreciate the rabbi much more than the civilian world appreciates the rabbi coming to them.
0: No, I'm sure. And that was something I was going to ask you is I'm very curious as to since you were in the service for so long if you saw a change or an evolution of attitudes towards the orthodox, you know, the the orthodox Jew, you know, from your interactions with other members in the service men who had enlisted who were not Jewish or it's been the same reverence over your entire career?
2: Well, things that you know again uh, today with the world and you say technology and people knowing things. Early in my career, I met people who had never met a Jew in their life. Uh, when I first went out to Kansas, I was interviewed by a student in an honors course in uh, contemporary religions, and his first question was to me, "Was the Jewish people have a Ten Commandments similar to the ones the Christians have?" Uh, I, I met chaplains who never met a Jew before. Wow. You know, and everything else. So today, I think it, there's a little bit more knowledge than there was in the past. Uh, we also go through cycles. You know, when I first went on active duty, they had older enlisted people that were still, they had been drafted in the World War II and the Korean War. And like me, they ended up staying in. Uh, and they knew a lot about Judaism. Today, I mean, we, we always say we have Reformed conservative Orthodox, but quite honestly, the vast majority of Jewish uh, you know, uh, soldiers, men and women are, you know, really don't have any background at all, don't belong any place. Mm. There's also a lot more women in the military and wow. Jewish women also.
0: Wow.
2: Uh, you know, part of my job at Fort Dix, when I was, I was stationed to last, when I got mobilized, I was at Fort Dix, and my job was to prepare soldiers uh, to go to war. And so one of the things we used to do is sit with soldiers as they came in. They had to see a chaplain. They could say, we don't want to say anything, sir, but they had to at least come and talk to us. And one of our questions we all asked was, you know, you're going off for a year. You just got mobilized. Uh, Does your wife have, you know, a support system at home? And then I had to start asking questions. Does your husband know how to change the (laughs) diaper? Because we had young women that were leaving little kids at home.
0: Right. Interesting. So interesting. Wow, the evolution of time. It's really quite amazing. Chaplain Ira Cronenberg joins us this morning here at That's Life as we celebrate, we commemorate. I'm not even right sure sure what the right what the right terminology is. Memorial Day weekend here in the United States. I wonder, you know, Yom Hazikaron in Israel and Memorial Day here in the United States have really different tenors. Um, Memorial Day here is has for for so many people, especially in a an environment where it's a volunteer service, and therefore every family isn't affected by service, you know, in an armed forces, in the military, etc. It is, It is volunteer here in the U.S. Well, while in Israel it is um, conscripture and the, there we are, there's a draft army. And so in Israel, it's part of that climate. Here it is not completely part of that climate. And certainly depending on where you are in the United States, it is more or less part of your culture. So for many people in the United States, very unfortunately, Memorial Day weekend is about a day off It's about barbecues, it's about sales, but it's not about taking a moment. So when you refer to Memorial Day, do you celebrate Memorial Day or do you commemorate Memorial Day?
2: Well, I think commemorate's a better word. You know, unfortunately, what you said is true. Veterans Day is to honor veterans. Memorial Day is to remember those who gave up their lives. And again, in this country, again, and you're probably right, Israel, they live it every single day. And here it becomes a day of barbecues and everything else. But, you know, the hardest part of my job, the the one part I really enjoyed, and I got a lot of satisfaction of going back on active duty those last six years. You know, my children were out of the house. I didn't have that responsibility. Uh, where I worked, they were very gracious, you know, that I was gone for those six years most of the time. The hardest part of my job is we were, uh, Fort Dix is the closest military post in New York, New Jersey area. And what you see in the movies is the death notification. Mm. Somebody you know, having to go with a casualty officer to tell somebody that their son, daughter, sister, brother, child, uh, spouse had been killed. It's, it's the, most, the worst thing you can do in your, your life, having to sit down and talk to somebody walking in there. You know, I had a little bit of advantage over the non-Jewish chaplains because uh, a Christian chaplain walks in, they see an officer walk in with a cross, and they know something's wrong. Right. With a rabbi coming in, they don't always never recognize the tablets. It took a moment or two. But it was difficult, and we had at least twice I had Jewish parents that I had to speak to. Wow. child. And it was extremely, extremely difficult thing, and... You know, and there's the gold. You know, the mothers who are, uh, you know, gold star families, and there are a number of Jewish ones. We, in, in this war alone, I mean, in the Iraq, Afghanistan, we're somewhere in the high twenties of Jewish soldiers who were killed across the whole spectrum of Judaism, from you know those who were uh, committed Jews who mm-hmm. were involved in Judaism to those who were Jewish in name only, but they were all Jewish, and they all deserve. You know, a lot of respect, and they all, you know, gave up their life for their country.
0: Absolutely. Chaplain Ira Cronenberg, I thank you so much for joining me this morning. This was truly an unbelievable opportunity, both for me personally and for our listeners. I thank you personally um, for your service, and um, I hope you'll accept my thanks on behalf of all members of the Armed Forces. Thank you. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Wow, what an unbelievable um, what an unbelievable moment. I really do have chills. My thanks again to Chaplain Cronenberg for joining me this morning. Um, right after that's life, we have a full afternoon of programming. The live lunch starts in just a few moments. And again, folks, the jam and the AM FJB marathon is taking place all week long. Go to fjbunity.org. We're going to be pulling up the music in the background because there you go. You know the, you know that. Yes, it's Shweki's Mishabera from the Live at Nokia album. Um, Yes, we should protect all soldiers, both today and this weekend and every weekend. That is for sure. So again, you'll be listening to the uh, melodious tune of Mishaberach by Shweki as we close out today, That's Life. After the live lunch, which concludes at about 1 o'clock, of course, is a full afternoon of programming. Throwback Thursday starts at 1. 4 p.m. is an encore presentation of JM Rewind. And at 7 p.m., Mark Zahmic hosts the Erev Shabbos show, brought to you by our friends at Kedem, well, that show, of course, on course tomorrow morning after Naomi Nachman. Naomi has a brand new episode of Table for Two. That's at 9 o'clock. But do not miss J.M. and the A.M. tomorrow morning, hosted by Nachman Siegel from 6 to 9 a.m., 7.40 a.m. Nacham will be joined by Dr. Malcolm homeline for the weekly update. This Saturday night, Motzei Shabbos, Rami Host Saturday night. Siegel Matzis host J.M. Sunday, as we has. Beha- has as he has been seamlessly since its inception, Sunday at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. I wish everyone a commemorative Memorial Day weekend. Take a break, take a moment to remember all those who serve in the armed forces protecting us every single day. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys.
3: i Israel. Israel. I'll let you Hey, <laughs> hey,